Uh, welcome to this episode of the Conspiracy Cast right here on, oh, what did I say? Conspiracy Mystery Cast right here on Tales of Earth, a uh, show that we live stream every Monday. Well, most Mondays now. We'll see. Um, yeah, every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, so if you want to support us, you can support us by subscribing to this channel and Tales of Earth and supporting us on Twitch. Uh, you can buy some Tales of Earth merch uh, through the link below uh, if you're watching this either on YouTube or some other channel uh, or, you know, service. I don't know. Uh, quarantine, quarantine brain, people. Quarantine brain. Uh, Don't make yeah, it sound so, like this is a new thing just because of the quarantine. Yeah, no. I hey, 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 you're pooping in your yard. So, <laughs> no. hey, what happens in the quarantine stays in the quarantine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so today we will be talking about the most mysterious places on Earth. Uh, I wanted to kind of keep keep going with the. Um, the theme of like scary places, weird places, and actually found a really interesting list here. So this is a list of most mysterious places on earth brought to us by farandwide.com. Um, uh, currently the, the closest we will get to these places uh, given our current climate. So, yeah. Uh, the first one on the list here is actually here in Colorado of all places. It's called the San Luis Valley. The San Luis Valley Desert in southern Colorado is so mysterious. It even has its own Google map highlighting various paranormal activity that's been reported there. A flying humanoid was spotted in the desert in 2009. Uh, more like gliding. I wasn't flying. Uh, there have been many hovering? sightings. Hovering. Yes. Falling with Very style. Right. There, <laughs> there have been many Bigfoot sightings over the years, and it's home to a ranch that, quote, figured prominently in the bracket animal mutilation waves of the 70s, which was the thing. Jesus. <laughs> uh you know, it was the 70s. Uh, this other it was a crazy time. It was a crazy, it's a crazy time, time, yeah. Uh, this otherwise beautiful valley, the largest alpine valley in the world, which I did not know until I read this, oh. uh, has been inhabited by humans or aliens. Well, it's, uh, I mean, this is technically what the, uh, the western slope, so probably aliens. Uh, for Most thousands likely. of years, one indication of this is the snaking stones of unknown origin that measure hundreds of feet long and contain rocks so enormous that it would take a well-coordinated effort to place them. Well, sure. I mean, a coordinated effort. It, it's not like it's aliens by default. Are those uh, on the picture that we're looking at? I'm going to also the put snaking this in stones. chat. No, there's, there's links. Yeah, put that in chat. There's also links uh, to these individual uh, kind of items in the article. Uh, oh. But perhaps the weirdest feature. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. I do want to, if uh, people aren't looking it up or it's not on the screen, uh -huh. uh, it's like an actually built wall. Yeah. Like, it's not sure like rocks like... that were just sitting there or like water had a yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that. No, that's like someone put effort into making a wall out of these rocks. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I hear, I hear, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there were, as far as I know, people here before us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I don't think. know. I think they might have been native to these lands. I, I yeah. No, no, no. Fake news. Fake news. But perhaps the weirdest feature isn't otherworldly at all. It's just bizarre. The northern part of the valley floor contains the 40-square-mile Great Sand Dunes National Park and Preserve, which features the world's tallest dune, 
at 750 feet. Uh, geologists have a hard time explaining the origin of the sand, uh, which actually, as a Coloradan, uh, or somebody who's been here for a long time, uh, I have always found that kind of strange that we have this like desert, this like sand. Just randomly the there. Yeah, yeah. Right. randomly in the middle of our state, um, or in the outer reaches of our state. Uh, geologists have had a hard time explaining the origin of the sand, but they think it might have been blown in from the Rio Grande riverbed to the west. That's a lot of blowing sand. Uh, adding to the intrigue is the fact that the sand is some of the purest silica on Earth and has a distinct mineral composition unlike anything else in the valley. I think it was an ancient alien mining site. Not really. Interesting. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I'm, 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 I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering yeah, if yeah, a yeah. very, very, very long time ago there was water there. Because, uh, like, the way probably, that well, from this picture, like, it kind of slopes, looks like it might have been, like, a lake that slowly drained. Yeah. I mean, so, a massive uh, lake. But There, millions of years ago, there was... So Colorado was covered by ocean, essentially. I think they called it the... Uh, uh, it was. It had a very specific name. It was like the Sea of Destiny. No, that's not right. I like it. It's now the Sea of Destiny. Pretty sure that's from Lord of the Rings. Even better. Uh, <laughs> he took it. He region. took the uh, Colorado as inspiration when he added it to the book. That's what it was. Clearly, it's the only possibility. Yeah. What was it called? I'm looking it up, and I cannot find it. Inland Ocean. So while you look that up, uh, I want to say something. on the... Sea the... of like, Tranquility. Yeah, the Sea of Tranquility. I think oh, that's what it was called. Even better. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Dan? Sorry. Uh, the the snake, uh, snaking stones, because we were... I mean, we make the joke about, obviously, Native Americans were here before we were. Um, mm -hmm. But the way that this uh, is saying that there are a lot of stones in this that are weighing as much as 300 pounds, as well mm -hmm. as the doesn't quite make sense where it is, is very, mm -hmm. very interesting, actually, because it brings up multiple questions of why, like, so let's say it's not aliens and that it was people. It brings up the questions of, why what what were these for and how are they capable of moving all of these things during this time because a lot of these rocks or some of them don't look really that native like i mean i doubt the they native? well like Why? i doubt that white? uh they were able to find all of these rocks in this single place and they would have had to have brought them from much farther away <laughs> which is is actually very very interesting to see how it is and it would be it would be really curious to know why because it would be interesting if this was like a mutual almost state line but back before there were states and when it was native americans like a, and there like was, a territory line or exactly something. a territory yeah. line but it, yeah no it's actually so kind they, of crazy so they heard it's what they did in china and uh, they were like you know what let's mm -hmm. try that and then they got tired mm-hmm Pretty much. Um, pretty much. I like it. <laughs> they quit. They're like, yeah, that's a lot of effort. Like, that's good enough. That's man, good enough. I want to see what they're they doing commit over to there. Something. Man, they commit. Um, yeah. All right. The second one is the Nazca Desert, which is like 
everybody knows about the Nazca lines. Uh, right. But they're massive totally. and they're mysterious, covering some 19 square miles in the Nazca Desert of southern Peru, about 260 miles south of Lima. Remarkable uh, geoglyphs called Nazca lines. I think that's what I'm going to do with all the social distancing and um, <laughs> going out and start building your lines. own lines. I like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Some, uh, some geoglyphs. That's going to be my new hobby, geoglyphs. Uh, and then on. years, okay. like decades from now, people are going to be like, I don't know, these these appeared during the great quarantine. It would be 2020. 2020. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine yeah. doing that? And like someone by just the, leaves the quarantine yeah. and they're like, what the hell? This wasn't here before. Yeah, Must by be. the, uh, the second set of inhabitants in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, remarkable geoglyphs called Nazca Lines were built between 500 BCE and 500 CE. There's no definitive explanation for their existence, but they are widely believed to have religious significance for the pre-Columbian people of Nazca. I, I do find it interesting that anything ancient must have had religious significance. Yes. Like they find it wasn't a just a bunch of drunk guys. Right. <laughs> Out there. Like an old pot, an old manuscript or something, and it's always, well, it must have been religious because, you know... Right. Uh, you know, they didn't have atheists back then, which is a lie because they did. Sure. Uh, you know? No, no. Atheism uh, was founded in the 17th century. And yeah, and, and not before that at all. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, remarkably, the Nazca lines have withstood time in large part due to their isolated location in a windless and stable desert climate. Uh, they were created by digging trenches in the desert's reddish brown uh, earth, revealing a light colored clay underneath. The geoglyphs range from simple straight lines to geometric shapes to more complicated animals like a hummingbird, spider, and monkey. I can imagine being one of the guys, uh, you know, creating some of these geoglyphs and then you, you think you're doing a good job, and then you see your buddy's uh, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're just over here like, I just made a snake. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I made a snake laying flat and straight. <laughs> uh, He's like, yeah, no no big deal. I made a panther over here. I'm like, yeah, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. what? I actually made a self-portrait of myself. <laughs> Notice the shading <laughs> on the left side. Yeah, uh, we call that, uh, that uh, chioscuro in, in the art world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so let's see here. <laughs> the geoglyphs range, blah, spider monkey. There's also a human-like figure. Yeah, Dan called it. Uh, they are best <laughs> viewed from the air, although surrounding foothills offer ideal vantage points for some of the designs. Uh, because, because they are best viewed from above, conspiracy theories posit that the Nazca people were either communicating with their gods or extraterrestrial visitors i think boredom <laughs> wait i like the idea of the extraterrestrials that means like an alien was flying by and they're like does that look like a monkey to you? <laughs> and he's like, yeah a little bit they're trying to tell us i don't know maybe they like monkeys maybe like monkeys <laughs> why why would they think we would care about this i don't understand yeah i don't understand we don't have monkeys where we're from yeah <laughs> I mean, we brought humans oh here. They were our monkeys. Yeah, but that's uh, different. But, that's yeah, different. Yeah. They're close-ish to monkeys. Yeah, close-ish. Am I missing a part in this article of how big these are? Uh, they're quite large. I know that. They're very large. I'm curious uh, if yeah. they're big enough to be seen by the naked eye from the uh, International Space Station. They are not. They're not that uh, Yeah, I was going to okay. say, I don't think so, no. Okay. No. Well, then they uh, clearly are thinking that aliens have fantastic eyesight. Oh, yeah. It's because they're aliens. You know they're superior in every way. That's actually why they've got bigger eyes is for zooming purposes. 
the more you know that makes sense yeah actually i've always thought because like like with a camera lens the wider open your aperture is like the more blurry your image is i think if these aliens have these huge massive eyes i think their eyesight is probably truly terrible which is why they don't Hmm, decorate interesting it's actually why they've never landed here they're like is that a planet nah it's too blue it's too blue just keep going that's that's why they keep crashing that too (laughs) are we getting close are we getting close (laughs) yeah we're close (laughs) man you were supposed to say something earlier (laughs) it looks like we're passing through a really big brown cloud (laughs) oh no that's the ground (laughs) (laughs) um i guess they hadn't invented glasses all right Uh, the nope, one. they can uh, they can travel through space, but eyeglasses, yeah, no can do. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Lens is not so much a thing. Right? I mean, it's not a thing until somebody invents it. They just never got around to it. Um, yeah. All right, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a uh, the owner, whoever made the porn parody of Star Wars, <laughs> owns Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> So he, he fancies yeah. himself like a, a a regular George Lucas, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like I'm like the George Lucas of the porn world. Uh, <laughs> what I did in the '70s was revolutionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Skinwalker. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh. I have so many jokes I'm going to refrain from. I, I have some, too, that I'm like, that's not appropriate for this. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. My, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He also founded ILM, Industrial Light and Mucus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's gross. Uh, few, if any, presumed UFO sites are as rich with conspiracy as the one formerly owned by billionaire Robert Bigelow. Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the Utah wilderness, mm-hmm. 150 miles east of Salt Lake City, it helps that a movie in the found footage genre called Skinwalker Ranch was filmed there in 2013. So far, we're pretty much spot on. Yeah. So, yep. so you're telling yep. me you just found this footage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, documentary series. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? It was filmed there in 2013. And that the ranch was featured in the Extraordinary Beliefs documentary series. And that uh, two decades of mysterious sightings and encounters and you have allegedly a full-fledged government cover-up in plain sight whether you believe in extraterrestrials or paranormal activity there's no denying the bazaar at skinwalker ranch i'm sure lots of bizarre things happen there uh where there have Mm -hmm. been reported sightings of ufos bigfoot type creatures animal mutilations uh, unexplained lights poltergeist activity and crop circles so pretty much everything like and this was all one event (laughs) all at the same time (laughs) All at the same time. It was basically a a conspiracy palooza. Yeah. Essentially, Uh, a UFO came down. Bigfoot got off holding a mutilated animal carcass, like holding a flashlight, accidentally like flicking it around, walking around in circles, Mm -hmm. and then got back in and left. That's that's what I'm understanding. Okay. Just want to make sure. Exactly what happened. The Woodstock of paranormal activity. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yes. Uh, but it's in the highest big headliners. Right. Yeah. So, so this guy wakes up one day and, and he's got crop circles. The cow he was going to kill himself and eat has already been killed. Uh, Bigfoot's standing over there like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't look at me. He just shrugs. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I bought the beer. Pulls on his sneakers, heads back into the woods. <laughs> yep. 
with Chupa not far behind. Uh, the ranch was named after the Navajo legend about harmful witches who disguise themselves as what? Who disguise themselves as or turn into disguise themselves as disguise turn, as, into, turn or into or possess, or possess any, any animal. That I is horrible it. grammar. So uh, animal palooza. <laughs> yes. Day seven of the quarantine. Gary can no longer read. <laughs> I cannot. I'm slowly losing the ability to read. A skinwalker totally yeah, a, sounds like a like an enemy in either a Resident Evil game or something like like some horror movie style thing of just these skinwalkers. I just picture being this like animal creature that kills humans and then resides in their flesh. Yeah. Interesting. I, I also imagine a nudist colony, but um <laughs> Okay. Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Uh, we're so glad you guys booked your weekend here at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, obviously, we are nudist colony. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the lack of clothing. Uh, right. I don't know if you noticed. In the jump. name. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, this one, I, I I actually think is really fascinating. I think they're all fascinating in their own way. But this one was new to me with this list. Uh, La Zona del Silencio, Silencio, Zone of Silence. Uh, deep in the northern deserts of Mexico is a 30-odd square mile area. It's, a, it's an odd 30 square miles uh, where things are just a bit off. In the early realm, the zone... Sorry, in the earthly realm, the zone contains dozens of flora and fauna endemic to the area and is rich in uranium and magnetite. It's the otherworldly claims, however, that are most intriguing. Anomalies include uh, radio signals and electronic equipment being lost or going haywire. A radioactive U.S. military test rocket sent into space in 1970 ended up in the zone some 500 miles away from its reentry destination. Strange lights and UFOs have been spotted in the vicinity, and it lies along the mysterious 30th parallel. So the 30th parallel, let me bring up that article again. Where did it go? Looks like I closed it. Great. You put it in the Discord chat. Uh, Thank you. I accidentally closed it. So the 30th parallel north uh, is a circle of latitude that is 30 degrees north of Earth's equatorial plane. It stands one-third of the way between the equator and North Pole and crosses Africa, Asia, the Pacific Ocean, North America, and the Atlantic Ocean. The concentration of unique man-made landmarks and natural sites along the same latitude is unmatched and remains unexplained. It's uh, worth noting that the Bermuda Triangle is also uh, in the 30th parallel. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, But our favorite legend is that of the helpful and polite people who seemingly appear out of nowhere, only to disappear just as fast. (laughs) So uh, you seem lost. Not suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. Well, you you want to go, you want to go three miles that way. You'll you'll see a McDonald's and you'll turn left at the McDonald's and then, uh, yeah. So they're just friendly, friendly people. And then uh, and then like you turn to look that away, as you said. Yeah. And then when you turn back, they're just gone. It's just a swamp I didn't of get the sand. rest of the directions. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say left or right at the fork? <laughs> but then like you turn the other way and they're just standing there they're like oh yeah no what you, what you sorry I wasn't clear what you want sorry to do I moved <laughs> yeah my bad yeah yeah we apparitions you know we're just known for you know, uh, yeah for some on. reason in my mind they sound like they're from Canada too 
Oh yeah, absolutely. If they're friendly, <laughs> of course they're from Canada. Yeah. You know. Oh man. Okay, so a ranching family in the area has spoken of frequent visits from two men and one woman, all Spanish speaking and with long blonde hair, who simply request to fill their canteens with fresh water and then leave. One time they reportedly told an inquisitive family member they come from above. A researcher, that's creepy, a researcher who yeah. ended up lost in the zone said a trio of similar looking people led him back to his camp, then disappeared. A couple whose vehicle got trapped in a torrential storm. Meanwhile, uh, were helped by two unusually tall men wearing baseball caps and yellow raincoats who pushed their truck to safety. When the couple got out of their vehicle to give thanks, the mysterious Good Samaritans were nowhere to be found. That's creepy. That is, that is a really creepy story. Also kind of nice, you know, that not all apparitions are out to get you. Yeah, it's like yeah, but I I distrust nice people more so than I distrust jackasses. So that's fair. Jackasses so they speak their mind. Tires, they're like, you look like you're stuck in the mud, and they slash your tires real fast. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, now I, I get where they're coming from, right? Yeah. If they help me out in a, you know, if they change the tire, I'm just going to assume they're going to try to murder me at some point. Okay, uh, that's a good way to live, I guess, Andy. So hey, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, which is why you never go in for an oil change or uh, exactly. tires put on. <laughs> yes. No, because that, that's a service. I'm paying them. That's true. You, that's you can true. trust them. They want money. Yeah. Did I uh, miss Did I miss the part in the article where it explains why it's called the zone of silence? Yes. Well, it's basically like radio signals. Because of the electricity, the, okay, the, the devices yeah, and that stuff. Makes sense. I would, okay. Yeah, including radio signals, uh, electronic equipment being lost or going haywire, that yeah. sort of thing. Okay. I thought it was like one of those things where you just enter the area and it's like the unnerving silence where you're like, this is too quiet. Something's yeah. amiss. That would be that would be pretty quiet. creepy. Or you could literally like, you. it's like you're suddenly deaf and mute. Yeah, see, and that's why when it like uh, when you started to say, or when Gary started to say the test rocket, I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait a second, were the people that were in this area somehow not able to hear any of it? Because that would be right, cool yeah. and very creepy and super awesome." That's the basis for a really interesting story, actually, like a zone of silence where there's just an area on the planet where there's no sound. Yeah. Like sound cannot exist. That would be really cool. It'd be really Uh, cool. I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't silent when the rocket crashed, though. (laughs) Well, who knows? But was anyone around? That's the question. Just the three. If a rocket crashes in the desert and no one's around to hear the explosion. (laughs) Did it make a sound? Did it make a sound? According to science, yes. Uh, all right, so... Science can kiss my ass. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Science is more of an art I, than a science. I'm going to head down to Mexico, and, and I'm going to get stuck in some mud on purpose. Okay. okay. So I can meet these people. Okay. And I can sure. imagine it's going to go something like, oh, no, I'm stuck. Who's going to help me? And then I'm stuck there for like four days because it turns out all these stories are false. I just want you to like get out of your car and like really pay it, play it up. You're just like, oh no, whatever I what will I do? do? <laughs> if only there were some strangely tall and good Samaritans around yes. to help me. In yellow raincoats. <laughs> no. With a yeah. small stuffed bear. <laughs> what? What? Paddington bear? The oh, the man oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. yellow ring. That came out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> All right. Sorry, no. Was that uh, clearly? No, I was good. the only yeah, one that good. thought that when he heard "yellow raincoat." I was. Uh, thinking, you were. I was thinking the low men in yellow coats is a Stephen <laughs> King story. Oh, is it? 
Uh, yeah. I was going Curious George, the man in yellow. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, I Curious I went George! Horror. You guys went with kids' book. That's yeah. the one I was thinking. Curious George. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm an idiot. Paddington uh, Ware okay, wore man. the the red and blue. Yes, that's right. Yeah, God, you I can't, can't even get your British children's novels right. Oh man, how dare I forget things man. from 23 years ago? Uh, okay. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, actually very interesting, especially if these people had blonde hair, because as far as I'm aware, that region blonde hair is not as common. Prominent, it's yeah. Rare. It's very rare, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, yeah, there's the stereotype of like, you know, all Mexicans look like this, and it's, right. not, it's not true. Um, uh, one great example of that is, so you know the daughter in Gilmore Girls? Lorelai. I thought Lorelai was the like, mom. They're both named Lorelai. Are they really? Well, that's yeah. confusing. <laughs> I can't remember the daughter's the the actress's name, uh, the daughter. But anyway, she um she's like full on like Mexican Hispanic. Uh, she just doesn't like according to the average like American's perspective. Right. She just doesn't look like it or sound like it. But she is. She's like a hundred percent um Hispanic. Interesting. Um, yeah, so Me yeah, there, there's definitely a stereotype. Yeah, I know, Andy. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I think that every time I look at you, like man. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. So I don't think anyone does. The crooked, the crooked forest. There's a curious little forest in far western Poland, near the German border, where trees grow at a 90 degree angle at their base, and no one knows why. This mystery is doubly intriguing because the crooked forest, as it's known, is surrounded by a non-crooked forest of trees that grow straight up in the normal way, way to insult the trees. Uh, yeah, you bunch of weirdos. <laughs> the crooked forest trees were planted in the 1930s and experienced their inverted arc some seven to ten years later. Intriguing theories posit that the trees are the result of extraterrestrial influences. Of course they are. Uh, Why would the tree, like, at this point it just seems like aliens are just, like, messing with us. They're like, let's just go down there and mess with some of their trees. You know what? Bend in the aliens' trees. defense, yeah. I would totally do that. I mean, I would too. I mean, if you get drunk off an alien beer one night, let's be honest. You go around the you go around the universe. You find this planet with a bunch of like pink things, like little apes and stuff running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just go down, and you're like, this is gonna be hilarious. It's like when you got your dog and you like throw the ball, but you don't actually throw it. It's like that. (laughs) Just oh, trees. Both trees, and trees, and we're gonna bend to the base of the tree. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we do have this concept that like all extraterrestrials are here on some sort of mission. Oh yeah, and we have no proof uh, that they're not. Maybe they're just out having fun. Like who knows? Yeah, that's what I would um, do. Uh, let's see here. The crooked forest trees were planted. Okay, 1930s da-da-da. or gravitational pull that works like no other on Earth. Uh, the more boring and unlikely answer is that humans did this perhaps hoping to harvest the trees for shipbuilding. Mm. Uh, the reason no one knows for sure is that the age of the trees and their possible human manipulation coincide directly with World War II and the Nazi invasion of Poland, which essentially wiped the city of uh, Grafino off the map until a power plant was constructed there in the 1970s and brought back residents. Wow, the 1970s have come up a lot in this list. It was a crazy decade. Yeah. It was. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thus, no one living there now would have any recollection of the crooked forest origins. 
There once was a crooked tree that built a crooked house in which lived a crooked man. Uh, I got nothing. I was just trying to come up with a bunch of stuff to sound like a nursery rhyme for a second there. It was it's working. Like that song, it's like that song Blue, uh, but it's crooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's crooked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Plane of Jars, the 1930s, again, the 1930s, uh, discovery of thousands of megalithic stone jars dotting a remote landscape in Laos has long intrigued travelers and scientists alike. The jars date as far back as 500 BC and are quite the sight to behold. Most of the jars are sandstone, but some are granite or limestone, and it's presumed they were chiseled with iron tools. They were likely covered with lids, although a few stone lids have been found, so it's again presumed the lids were made from wood or uh, rattan. rattan? Uh, it's unknown what they were used for or why they were placed where they are, but local legend tells the best story. The story goes that the jars are the last remnants of a society of giants sure. whose king used them to store his rice wine. Other, uh, less fantastical explanations are that they collected rainwater or were used as funerary urns, the latter of which makes the most sense, considering human remains and ceramics have been unearthed near the jars. One of them has Nutella chiseled <laughs> into the side. <laughs> Honestly, it it looks like food storage. Because, yeah, I mean, if you think knows, about yeah. it, like, they would most likely, if you're in the age of carving out stones for food storage, they did not have proper refrigeration. And those right. rocks look thick enough that they would be able to keep out the heat of the sun. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And it would yeah. make sense why you would find human re remains nearby. Because, I mean, if you're surviving off the food that's here and then you run out... You're probably going to right. starve to death near where your last bits of food were. If they were, if they said yes. there were bones and stuff inside, then yeah, maybe maybe this was some creepy stuff with some funerary urns. But this this sounds more just like ancient refrigeration. No rice wine, a giant's rice wine, or a giant's rice wine. Yep. Hey, it keeps the rice wine cool as well. It's a good, it's a good vintage. Yeah, they actually put uh, the rice in there. They were storing that, and somehow it fermented and became rice wine. And they were it like, just turned this into is rice fantastic. wine. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh Why haven't we been doing this forever? Build me more <laughs> giant jars. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see here. Temple of Jupiter, the giant blocks of stone, called. The uh, trilithon, 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 uh, that make up the base of this Roman temple in Baalbek, Lebanon, remain a great mystery of the ancient world, despite over 100 years of study by archaeologists. What was the purpose of the temple, and why were such large stones used for its foundation? Probably extraterrestrials. Uh, no Probably. one knows for sure. There but are 25 stones underneath the ruins that each weigh 450 tons, and three that clock in at a massive 1,000 tons each. By comparison, the blocks used for the Great Pyramids, Pyramid of Giza uh, weigh 80 tons each. So how were the Jupiter stones transported to the site since their quarry is located a quarter mile away? That might forever remain a mystery. Just took them a really long time, I guess. Uh, and speaking of the quarry, the largest cut piece of stone in the world, weighing 1,200 tons, still sits there resting at an angle and attached at the bottom as if it were about to be cut free and hauled to the temple. 
Explanations for the block's transport are that, like the Egyptian pyramids, a system of pulleys, ramps, and rollers were used to get them to the temple site. The problem with this explanation is that the temple sits atop a hill. Of course it does, uh, which would make the feat <laughs> even more outrageously difficult. I can imagine being one of the laborers <laughs> and and seeing the hill I know, after, right? the, after the already like exhausting <clears throat> trek from the quarry. You're like dragging that stone. You're like, whew, okay, guys, we're almost there. Oh, son of a... Come on. <laughs> Come on. You did this just to be cruel. You guys are assholes. Yeah, why can't we get help from the extraterrestrials the way the Egyptians did? Let's just, Seriously. Let's oh just goodness. bribe the giants with some rice wine. They seem to like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would work. <laughs> yeah. So any thoughts so far before we move on to the rest of the list? It's all aliens. It's all aliens? <laughs> I, okay. I think it's a... I think it's one of those ones where I'm, I'm very curious what people were like back then. Because we always really? look at... Well, if we think oh. about it logically from the standpoint of evolution... Um, right. Because tools and technology have become more the norm, humans no longer need to be as strong as they need to be because there is usually a tool of some sort that will help them out. Back then, that wasn't really the case. And so I'm wondering... Like things, we look at stuff like this and we're like, that's absolutely insane. But if right. you live in a time where there's literally literally nothing else, there's nothing really to help you besides like a pseudo understanding of physics in the sense of like pulleys and leverage and that kind of thing, right. you would have to be a lot more muscular just simply in general, like everyone, because you would be having to move heavy things. And so whenever I read this kind of stuff, it sounds ridiculous. And I don't think like they were superhumans back then. But I think people were capable of lifting and moving heavier weights than we are. Because there's definitely a lot of this that kind of... It sounds like a lot of weight when you look at them individually. But most mm. things, when we look back on these, tend to weigh around the same amount, if you've noticed. Like, it, it tends to be in a couple hundred tons... Or like somewhere in there that seems like a large amount. But when you look at everything as a whole, it, it, it kind of relates of like, well, if everyone's using these incredibly heavy stuff, I doubt the aliens had enough time to go all the way around the planet. They're probably sticking to one area and leaving everyone else to themselves. I think it's simply back then humans were a lot stronger because if we also were to compare to i will say gorillas in this case gorillas mm -hmm. probably could push a lot of this stuff incredibly easily so you're saying they used gorillas as slaves i'm saying yes. we used to be closer <laughs> to them back when they built these. yeah well but also that we made gorilla slaves and taught sure. them sign language right so it'd be okay. like future us coming back to today and looking at somebody and saying wow you lifted that gallon of milk all by yourself? <laughs> you, you guys didn't have your robots do it? That's you didn't weird. have your robots do it? That's amazing. I mean, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, I'm how, sure how am like... I so skinny? It's because I have things like a car to take me places, or I have right, an Andy yeah, or the, Benny to lift heavy things for me. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> average daily physical exertion is probably much less uh, than it was. Yeah, definitely. However, the, I will say the uphill part... 
That's insane. That's like, just mean. Regardless of how heavy we were oh. able to lift, just going uphill, that's that sounds like That's uh, when you get the gorilla slaves. <laughs> Say it sounds yes. like a story like our parents or grandparents would tell us. I had to carry stone blocks uphill both ways to the temple. Both ways in the snow barefoot. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's back when the gorillas were in charge. Oh, uh, of course. I see that can make sense. That, okay. That's where they took over. They're like, we'll take it from here, I guess. <laughs> we got this. Yeah. Can't even move a couple hundred tons. Yeah. Man, and people say they're going to be the dominant species on the planet. <laughs> All right, uh, Cahokia, Cahokia, uh, across the Mississippi River from St. Louis, there once was a thriving city of twenty thousand American Indians from many different cultures, making it at the time the largest and most sophisticated city in North America, outside Mexico, with a larger population than European cities like London. Uh, very little is known about this sprawling metropolis because its residents did not keep written records of any kind. But in recent years, archaeologists have unearthed some amazing facts. Uh, Cahokia, which was named after the tribe living there when French explorers arrived in the 17th century, was at its peak from uh, 1,050 to 1,200 inhabitants liked... Uh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So What's at its peak from 1050 to 1200? I didn't see the period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> inhabitants liked to drink caffeinated beverages, play games, and create art and jewelry. Uh, so basically, a big Starbucks. Uh, the area climate <laughs> was wetter and warmer at the time, which made farming easier. And human teeth found in the area show that people from as far away as the Great Lakes and Gulf Coast lived there. A flood in the 1200s largely wiped out uh, Kaukia, and not much else is known. Today, Missouri's Kaukia Mounds State Historic Site has helped preserve what's left. Okay, so we actually know why it's not there anymore. It was wiped out by a flood. Right, yeah. Um, but, okay. Interesting. Hmm. They drank caffeinated beverages. Called Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> no? no? I like it. I like it. Oh, gosh. Uh, the original Mountain Dew. Teotihuacan? Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. Yes, never mind. I've heard this pronounced before. Teotihuacan. Uh, any trip to Mexico City should include a visit to this fascinating Mesoamerican city just 30 miles northeast of the capital. The pyramids and other structures here date to 400 BCE. By the time the Aztecs found the city in the 1400s, it had already been abandoned for centuries. They named it the place where the gods were created, or Teotihuacan. But who built the city and why uh, is one of the great mysteries of Mexico. Uh, nothing speaking to its origins was left behind, but features of the buildings, avenues, pyramids, and other structures indicate Maya, Mixtec, and uh, Zapotec influences. One of the best explanations is that people from many ancient cultures flooded the area following a nearby volcanic eruption and built the city. While far from definitive, this idea is boosted by the fact that the main road, called the Avenue of the Dead, points directly at... Uh, Caro Gordo, a sacred extinct volcano. So you want to make a left there at uh, the Avenue of the Dead, and uh, yeah, yeah, go straight down Avenue of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, about four hundred meters, you're gonna find uh, a Starbucks. Yep, yep. Um, we like our right. beverages. Yep. Uh, I don't know that I would trust directions from somebody mysterious 
in a yellow raincoat who <laughs> tells him to go down the avenue of the, the dead, avenue of the dead and then disappears <laughs> oh goodness uh, this was kind of cool though i like uh i yeah, like the idea yeah. of different cultures being forced into the same area and actually working together a little bit yeah sure <laughs> we always hear the ancient stuff York. of hey so they came and they slaughtered all the inhabitants and made them slaves so it's right. nice hearing a and all their areas got destroyed by a volcano so they made a city together because they're not douchebags um <laughs> or not entirely but not entirely yeah i mean it's interesting what, what i do always find it funny though like we were saying earlier when there's there's no ex- explanation clearly it was gods or aliens there's no right. other possibility yeah yeah humans right. don't have ingenuity or problem solving uh, skills or imaginations yes. it was actually one dude You're just stating <laughs> facts now gary i don't really understand the argument <laughs> it's just one family they created this entire thing and they're like we've got our own town to ourself and then the volcano like erupted and they're like son of a bitch now we got to deal with this dude you said this was prime real estate yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was uh, we've got a we've got a great view of the sacred volcano ooh. ooh that's not good yeah. why is yeah. it doing that why is it doing that does it always do that did was that different <laughs> yesterday or am i just seeing nah, it'll, it'll stop in a minute leave it alone <laughs> leave it alone like you're gonna do something yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just ignore it it'll go away yeah. quick oh, sacrifice yeah. a virgin <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one is uh, Yonaguni Monument. Uh, deep down in Japan's southern island chain near Taiwan uh, is Yonaguni. Uh, island waters here are known among divers for their abundance of hammerhead sharks. But in 1987, one diver discovered something much cooler that still baffles scientists to this day. Uh, not far below the surface of the water is Yanoguni Monument, a series of sandstone and mudstone structures connected to rock that many people believe are too distinct to be the work of Mother Nature. The largest of the structures is some 500 feet long, 130 feet wide, and 90 feet tall. Features like pillars and stone columns, a star-shaped platform, and a road indicate that humans built this thing, but no one knows for sure. Pretty sure it's probably humans. If you're if you're seeing things like no, no, it's aliens. Naturally, many believe it to be the remains of the mythical lost city of Atlantis. Ooh, at this point, Atlantis has like ten locations around the world. So it could have broken. Maybe the current. Stay with me here. Maybe Atlantis wasn't a city, right? Mm -hmm. It was like an empire. And they had various different places throughout the world. Okay. And they all sank in unison. I like it. And maybe Atlanteans are the ones that actually built these things that we think humans were not capable of. I like it. And they went back to their city and they were like, our work here is done. What's that rumbling noise? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to build on that. It's a stretch. Okay. Okay. So Hollow Earth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. Hollow Earth. And uh, the Atlanteans for, are, are actually from the Hollow Earth. And uh, what they've done is they found these areas on the exterior side of the Earth. Okay. Uh, but, but where they wanted to build so they didn't disrupt the other civilizations, it wasn't very solid ground. So they built these pillars. Right. 
in the Hollow Earth to support their various Atlantean locations. And uh, I don't know, the pillars broke all at once. I like how you just kind of like, and I give up on this I give at up. the end. I don't and even know some anymore. dude tripped, a, pushed a button, yeah, and they like, in the pulled water. The, pulled the plug that actually held everything up. Yeah, Why exactly. did we like make that pneumatic. thing? <laughs> yeah. Who gives this thing a self-destruct button? Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, dumb. Yeah, the first person to, to create a self-destruct button was a, a, an Atlantean. It is. I, I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, ah, screw it. It'll be fine, I'm sure. Uh, oh, so, Titus, gosh. what have you made? Uh, I call it the self-destruct button. He somehow survived, went on to design the Death Star, and we saw how that worked. Yep, yep. <laughs> So I'm looking up. Uh, I'm looking up pictures of the monument here. It does. It doesn't look like something that's naturally formed. Honestly, does not. It does not. No. The Yonaguni yeah. one. Yeah, it definitely looks like it had to be built. Let's see. Unless these are just like really fake photos, I suppose. Oh no, those are definitely. No, those made. are Instagram filters. <laughs> why are there bunny ears and a rainbow coming out of this statue's oh, yeah. mouth no there's everybody there's no, way. there's no way that is uh that's natural yeah that's well like they, that's no no nice. i would say literal sign that says made by atlantean made in china Actually, it was made in Taiwan or Japan, technically. Japan. No, it was made, made in China. In you got Taiwan. from China. That makes sense. To Japan. Uh, yeah, there is right. no way that's naturally made. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's absurd. You're but absurd. You will have, you, there are people who try to explain, like, like every ancient, like truly ancient monument or finding is somehow natural. Right. Like even these like ancient walls. Uh, there are people who try to argue that this is just a natural formation that looks right. just like a human face and right. with hull. Uh, the Rio de Janeiro Jesus, that's uh, natural. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. They discovered it and then they yeah. built the city around it. Yeah, yes, everybody knows that. Exactly. The also rain alien. fell in just the right angle. Right. Yeah. To depict a person from two thousand years ago. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I should make. We should make a do whole documentary series that takes these like clearly man-made historical things and tries to explain all of them away as <laughs> yeah, yeah, natural yeah. phenomena. And then we should do an, an, <laughs> another documentary that tries to explain them all as aliens. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But it's all the same like <laughs> specialists. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> clearly, this is, this is an act of nature. By nature, I mean aliens. By aliens, I mean nature. Yes. Well, Does that not make any sense? <laughs> of course. I mean, obviously. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This this wall was made by erosion and aliens. Um, at the same time. Aliens the same who time. parked their spaceship, the water fell off, and eroded yes. it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, they came wait. out with their power washer and were, like, carving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Lake Michigan Triangle. Uh, everyone's heard of the Bermuda Triangle in the Caribbean, but on the mainland U.S., there's an even more mysterious aquatic polygon. That nice. is how I'm going to refer. I like it. <laughs> I like it. The mysterious aquatic polygon. Oh, you mean the Bermuda Triangle or the make, make, uh, Lake Michigan Triangle? Yeah. Um, 
in Lake Michigan. The lore started in 1891 when a wooden ship hauling lumber and seven sailors disappeared without a trace. Literally, not even a single piece of wood was ever found despite a thorough search. The most eerie of the odd stories is that of the Rosa Bell, a ship containing 11 people that was empty and overturned when it was finally discovered in 1921. The ship contained damage that would indicate a collision with another vessel, but there were no other reports of accidents at the time or other wreckage. Uh, found the boat had also been rebuilt after a similar incident years before. So interesting. Interesting. So it crashed yeah. twice. And in the same manner, apparently, or no, maybe yeah. in the same manner. Yeah, similar incident. So, like, hmm. huh. I I wonder if it was the same, like, ship's captain or, like, the same person at the helm. drunk both times. Just, yeah. What if it was the That's... same ship time travel? And hit itself. It hit itself. <clears throat> twice. It Twice. It, it, not, not even twice. It, no, it's it somehow hit itself at yes. one collision, but it was technically at different times because it was time travel. Uh, uh, good idea. And the guy was just drunk oh, both times, so he was like... Is and the that, guy was drunk both times, yep. He's like, yeah. is that my ship? It looks just like my ship. No, I can't be my ship. I'll just rebuild <laughs> this. And then later he's like... Wait, is that my ship? <laughs> he's just like drunk on the deck. He's like, who put a mirror in the middle of the lake? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. We told you not to drink scotch while you're sailing. I'm not drinking scotch. I won't lie. There's I no lines. Go. Who's going to hit me? I, I want to go to this one. I kind of want to go to this one because it... I like it because of the fact that it's a lake. Like the Bermuda yes. Triangle well, is one of those ones where it's like there are many different things that you could be like, well, the ocean currents. It's a huge ocean. It's incredibly yes. deep. Wreckage could have gone anywhere, like that kind of stuff. But right. when it's a lake and you can't well, find the things, it's like right, right. that's not something you can easily take the evidence yeah. away. It's not something you can easily lose something because it's a singular lake. And yeah. so well, what I find it's fascinating lake michigan is if i'm i think i'm correct in saying this that it's so big if you were in the middle of it you would feel like you're on the ocean because you can't see right uh, right yeah, shore yeah on either side yeah so it it would feel like you're in the middle of the ocean um which is still just as frightening uh okay this and other myster mysteries led people to claim that the triangle contained a time portal yeah or that mm -hmm. alien craft inhabited the waters of course. Aliens. Whatever might be going on there, to this day, ship captains do their best to avoid the triangle. That's... Huh. That's quite the uh, the area to avoid. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not small. It's not at all. Oh, okay. You guys ready for this? Sure. Um, so I was, I was looking up some stuff because we always look at the Bermuda Triangle. We look at the ships, but we also look at the planes. Apparently, there was a flight in 1950 that crashed into Lake Michigan and after more than 60 years the plane is still missing yeah. so they... apparently this like stuff has happened in there that was not what? just ships and stuff like that in it it's like this saying that there was a flight 2501 that disappeared or crashed and disappeared when flying over Lake Michigan. 
you know what I find fascinating too is I, you know, for a moment I thought, well, maybe it's just too deep to search all the way at the bottom. It's only 922 feet deep. Yeah. So you could easily take a vessel down to sweep the floor of this lake. Mm. It's crazy. I don't know about easily, but I mean, yeah, nowadays. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, we're going down to the Mariana Trench. Like we can, we can handle a lake. Yeah. Uh, unless nobody just wants to go down there. Just tell like, Elon Musk. Well, no, I'm not going down there. Everybody keeps what? disappearing. <laughs> tell Elon Musk, yeah, forget yeah. Mars. I mean, let's Lake be honest. Michigan. Of all people to put money into technology to check something like this out, I could kind of see him doing it. Just mostly weekend. as a joke. Mostly as yeah. a, you know, oh, this yeah. is going to be hilarious. I'm going to research the Michigan Triangle. He, uh, he'll develop a Tesla diver, yep. which actually yep. should be a thing. That would be awesome. Uh, and he'll send like a sports car down there for some reason. And it'll okay, be not? not a submarine. Not a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be solar powered, and then he'll get down there and be like, "Oh, oh, right, <laughs> all right." <laughs> Oops! Damn it! <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Hestelin, Hestelin Valley. Uh, starting in eighteen or nineteen eighty-one, residents of Hes, Hestelin Valley in central Norway started seeing colored lights hanging in the sky from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, with appearances most common in winter months, the lights were considered so strange that they sparked a massive scientific effort to explain their origins. So safe to say, not the northern lights. Um, complete with an automated measurement station, this led to a pile of possible explanations, including solar activity, cosmic rays, uh, many black holes... Okay. Uh, heated nanoparticles. Actually, well, that's true. Black, microscopic black holes pop in and out of, of like our universe all the time. So right. that's not too out of the ordinary. Um, uh, heated nanoparticles and quantum fluctuations of the vacuum state. But none of them checked out and still no one is certain of where the lights come from. One seemingly reasonable explanation is also the most boring. Uh, the lights are from aircraft at a distant airport. <laughs> well, that light over there, it, uh, it seems to be blinking pretty regularly. It's moving in a straight line. What the hell? <laughs> this doesn't fully explain the phenomenon, though, even if it stacks up with the origin of once explainable lights in places like Texas and North Carolina. Yeah, I. There's a, that photo is of the lights. That is very interesting. Yeah. Um, terrible photo, by the way. Just oh. awful absolutely like even, awful even for, even for 1981 that's just that's awful classic conspiracy <laughs> I only, photo i was gonna say yeah i only take conspiracy photos of my blurry camera that i haven't washed you're like oh man i need to go take a picture let me rub some grease yeah. on so the lens why, exactly <laughs> this is my lucky grease this is how i see apparitions in the abnormal uh <laughs> it's called a ghost filter hey. <laughs> grease on your lens and uh, ghosts are everywhere. I mean, you go to New York, man, ghosts are all over Just the place. Just ghosts place. wandering around Times Square. <laughs> oh, man. Goodness. <laughs> it's, I got my ghost filter on Amazon, people. I know it's real. Um, it's a Snapchat. And all the ghosts have joggy ears. And... What? Like, Hold on. Let me Snapchat <laughs> these aliens real quick. Yeah. Oh, there oh, we go. Perfect. Man. Oh, I gave them sombreros. One of my yeah. filters is the filter that like turn like transforms your whole head into an extraterrestrial head. She loves it. Um, 
Yeah, she. Yep. The other morning, she asked to watch Spider Man for some reason. Uh, right. Interesting. So, Namib Desert. In the Namib Desert in southern Africa, patches of barren land dubbed fairy circles are both impressive and mysterious, and efforts to explain them have been debunked. Uh, are they caused by termites, plants competing for precious water, or the feet of gods walking the lands? That's obviously what it is. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Scientists have mostly settled on the insects and water ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean the, the feet of gods is not very scientific? Is that one of them? Interesting. Someday, someday scientists are going to feel like big idiots when they realize that all these like uh, paranormal explanations and mythological explanations were actually real. I know, right? Right. <laughs> Aliens are going to show up and they're like, I don't know what the problem is. We've been leaving like signs for yeah. centuries. <laughs> yeah. Did you not see our unicorn? Yeah. In our, in our like human hybrid experiments? I, I think you call yeah. them what? Uh, minotaurs? Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, but nothing is conclusive and throwing a wrench into the whole mystery was the discovery of the same type of circles in Western Australia in 2014. Yes, I would say that's pretty strange. That is strange. Yes. Uh, the fairies have moved. They've moved. Well, they're not wanted there. I mean, that's true. That's wrong. The circles have been described as resembling a polka dot dress. Sure. Uh, they are evenly spaced across vast expanses of short grass and are best viewed from above. While science might yet confirm a perfectly reasonable, if uninspiring, explanation, it's much more fun to imagine giant deities roaming <laughs> the earth with their massive circular feet. Yes, that is more fun. Little I mean, do you know, this was actually the training ground for the big feet. And... Uh, one left to go on his own journey and they all died out and he was like oh well i guess i'm staying up here in the in the woods because all my guys were running around at these holes (laughs) i I like how i like how this one's on here and they're like well they pretty much explained it but it would be cool if it were gods yeah Oh goodness! Oh man! But so by gods you mean extraterrestrials, and by extraterrestrials you mean completely natural. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. They All honestly right. look really like sure uh, they do look like where like a tree or a plant was planted and then something just like removed that, yeah. or something. You got some guy out there who's like got his plant in the little you know cloth sack on the bottom, holding the roots and the dirt in, and he's like, "Here, nah. Here, nah." Here? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Here. Nah. Okay. Uh, uh, Taos. Taos, New Mexico, which has been drawing artists to its ancient surroundings since the very end of the 19th century. It is a magical place, well worth a visit in its own right. The Taos Pueblo, a five-story series of adjoining homes, dates back a millennia and is one of the oldest continually inhabited communities in America. For those seeking the weird and mystical, Taos is also a top... Or, it, is also a top attraction since at least 30 years ago, people living in Taos have been hearing a low frequency and high, highly annoying humming sound. So we've talked about this before. Um, yes. There's a low hum that people hear. Mm-hmm. It's estimated that at least 2% of the 5,600 plus residents can hear the sound, which has no concrete explanation. It could be a government mind control experiment. 
sure. Uh, maybe it emanates from an underground alien base. Why not? I like that one. Yep. Uh, more pos- plausibly, if less thrillingly, this person really likes to point out how the theories are about to get boring. <laughs> no, keep, keep going. This <laughs> sentence ends amazingly. More plausibly, if less thrillingly, it's just the sound of mankind or perhaps all in the heads of cannabis-influenced bohemians. Uh, that is the best awesome. explanation I've ever heard. It's either <laughs> magic, it's aliens, or a bunch of stoners are hearing things. A bunch of stoners. Yeah. I like, I like the way, because it's pretty much this in every one of these articles, though, is he's like... Is it mind control? <laughs> is it aliens? Or are you going to believe science? <laughs> clearly, clearly we've all landed on pot. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Dan. Like, you know, man, I don't hear the hum anymore. Just try this. You'll hear the hum. <laughs> In any case, there are other humans around the world, and for some people, it's no laughing matter with a soft and constant pitch driving them bonkers. Uh, yeah, I have never heard the low hum. So I hear a ringing occasionally, exist. but therefore it doesn't. It's called tinnitus. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I do actually get that from time to time. Uh, and it's crazy because you can you can almost be convinced sometimes that other people can hear it too, mm-hmm. because it sounds so much like an external noise. All right, all right, Church of the Holy Sepulchre obviously naturally made like i mean that's a natural formation um i mean i just i i don't see any other explanation it's natural yeah they yeah. just discovered this just discovered it yeah uh our next mysterious locale is perhaps a study in the desire of believers to grasp any verifiable connection to what they worship the story begins in 2016 but really it started more than 2000 years ago and it's spine tinglingly mysterious in the Holy Land of Jerusalem is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is presumed to be the burial ground of one Jesus Christ. That's how we'll refer to him from now on. Not um, the Jesus Christ, but a Jesus Christ. Just yes. one. Just one. <laughs> just one of them. One of the Jesus is Christ. Uh, I mean, historically, there were lots of people claiming to be the Messiah back then. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, he, he was the only one who could, you know, pull it off. I believe the uh, real Messiah was actually named Brian. <laughs> as in the life of Brian. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in 2016, strange things. I like how strange things is highlighted. Started happening there. People reported smelling a sweet aroma emanating from Christ's tomb. And sensitive instrumentation used to scan beneath the tomb simply stopped working properly. That is interesting. Uh, was the evidence of the second coming or was this evidence of the second coming or mere coincidence? Did science have an explanation? Okay. For anybody who has actually read like what the Bible says about the return of Jesus, a strange scent is not one of the signs. Uh, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it says in the Bible, yea, thou shalt smell lilac, and thy phones <laughs> shall stop working. Thy phones shall stop working. I'm pretty sure it says it somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course. Parap- of course, yeah. Paraphrase. Oh, uh, the short answer to all of that is no, but the world works in strange ways. The tomb had not been opened since the year 135 during the reign of Emperor Constantine, which in and of itself is worth a pause and reflection. Also, there's no definitive... Okay, this is the other thing. We don't actually know where Jesus' tomb was. We have approximations and guesses. No, it was on Atlantis. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> well, that's because Jesus was an Atlantean, right? 
Yeah, everybody knows that. I mean, duh. Yeah. They all said, hey, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go, uh, you know, to Bethlehem and all these places. But you know what? Did he ever listen? Uh, that no. actually brings us to the end of our list. <laughs> You're like, oh. You know, I, I will say, based on this church, I'm very curious how many religions had people create something whether it was a statue a temple or stuff like that mm -hmm. and then proceeded to kill all the people that created it and only like select people like let's say the pope were aware of the actual origins but over time convinced people that that wasn't the case and because there was no one else there to prove them incorrect this was supposed to be a way to almost persuade more people to join the religion of like a well i mean we don't know where this building came from and it looks like it was built so clearly and i mean we don't know who built it and at least no one alive uh well the thing about well this this structure they do know who built it uh it's the some dude named john i bet the strange john. thing started happening actually i'm going to click on that real fast see what takes you to uh, netflix's oh, stranger a, things that is a long article <laughs> <laughs> season four coming out <laughs> after the quarantine after the quarantine yes uh, the first server was a part in, uh, it was possible to perceive a sweet aroma. Okay, sweet aroma. Uh, instruments didn't work. Okay. Like, like guitars? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone went down there with a flute and they were like, <laughs> they went down it's and they're not like, working. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there goes band here. practice. <laughs> it was covered over in 135 AD during the construction of a Roman temple, but uncovered by Emperor Constantine's mother, St. Helen, and marked by the first of a series of churches that have been pillaged and destroyed by Persians and then Muslims and by fires and then repaired, rebuilt and replaced by Christians. So this has just been a very busy site. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Those are the stranger. Uh, yeah. So that is the end of our list. The, uh, the the next list we'll be looking at is spectacular, surprising <laughs> summer escapes, aka <laughs> places you can't go to because of social exactly. distancing. Yeah, places you can't go to. Oh man! I like, I think we should go from like mysteries to vacation spots. <laughs> yes, I like it's it. Still a mystery. Yeah. Uh, Do you really so, want to yeah. get away? Go to the Bermuda Triangle. You might not come back. No one will ever find you. <laughs> it's the ultimate getaway the ultimate social distancing experience uh so what i find what really stood out to me from this list is actually the first thing on the list from colorado you know having lived here for a very long time i had no idea that we have the world's largest sand dune yeah me like, either I had no clue i had no clue uh i did but only because i made an instagram post about it when we were doing the uh <laughs> Tales of Earth Instagram <laughs> post. I like it. I, I like it. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. I, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever. And it's also the richest uh, location of, or has a very dense, um, where was it? Uh, basically, it's rich in like silica, extremely, like unnaturally rich in silica. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch was fun too. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah. Spent a weekend there once. Yeah. I feel like the first half of this list was much more interesting than the second half. The first but. half was like mystery, mysterious places, and the second half was the guy going, all right, I need to fill out this list. Pretty much. What's yeah. explained science by science? This is explainable. Yeah. It's like, but is it aliens? I'm is sure aliens? I can question these trained professionals. And people we, uh, will read so it. So to add to the uh, show that we're going to make, this documentary series, I think we should just do the opposite of what people expect. So if we encounter something that is clearly scientifically naturally explained, we'll blame it on right. aliens. If sure. we encounter something that is a true mystery, we're going to argue natural. <laughs> yeah, natural naturally causes. it was just, <laughs> I just, just flip-flop the whole time. I want to make a, a show called uh, Was Science Wrong? And at the end of every episode, we just go, no, science was right. Science, they, they, science they got right. it. Yeah. yeah. Was it aliens? It was, it was very, really strong wind. What if it was alien science? And Ooh, alien. I like it. Ooh, I like alien. it. That should be a TV show, Alien Science. Alien uh, Science. Starring um, Glorp. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mark Glorpberg. Mark Glorpberg. Glorp Bill Nye. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Glorp Bill Nye. Bill Glorp Nye. Bill Glorp Nye. No, but I think every episode should end with, like, who actually built the pyramids? Turns out it was Egyptians. It was Neil deGlorp Tyson. Who knew? It was Neil deGrasse Tyson. He actually went back in time. No, no, no. Neil deGlorp Tyson. I'm sorry. Neil deGlorp Tyson. Who turns out is the real Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, he's he's from Glorp. Yeah, well, I think we've reached the end of our episode. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Thank you for watching this episode. You can find Dan. Uh, well, you can actually see Dan's um, handle right there. Dan T. Dan, Producer. Your, hand, your handle is showing. Just, just so you know. <laughs> oh, Dan. Dan, I, I need to go back to Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dan. I have Dan T. Producer you. on Twitter and Instagram and Dan T. Streamer on Twitch. Andy. Uh, my name is there. You can find me on Instagram under that name there. All right. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Film Circuit and Twitter Film Circuit and Instagram at Northrop Films. And uh, yeah, again, so let us know what you think uh, in the comment section below. And thank you for watching. And as always, subscribe, like, and share uh, everything you watch from us. That would help us out a ton. So thank you so much. Bye. See ya. See ya.